you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to another edition of the Friday Fun Show. Working title. The Around the NFL Guide to All Things Week 8 Related and Beyond. Yes, it's a live stream. So everyone right now on the YouTube stream, what's up? Good to see you. I see the room's already hyperactive. A lot of talk about Giselle. I don't know what that could be in relation to. But yes, we will get into everything that's going on in the league. Joined today uh, by heroes, Greg Rosenthal and Mark Zessler. And again, a special guest, just a special guy, Patrick Claybon. What's up, Pat? Good to see you again, bud. Oh, good to see you guys, too. Yeah, I, I don't know what people would be referencing uh, other people's marriages about. Mm. It's it's always weird. It's it's a weird spot. But hey, this, this is the Friday Fun Show, and I'm glad to see you guys. Right, it's not Friday's not fun for everyone, um, no. unfortunately. And Mark, what? How are things? Judging by your setup in uh, a state penitentiary, how yes, is that going? I've been um, <laughs> taken in by the cops uh, for a variety of um, incidents, and so I'm recording to you, uh, reporting to you live from a local jail just in the valley. Just <laughs> it, nice it, it looks like it also could be like a middle school boys' locker room or high school boys, I mean, possibly. Mark, are you in a boys' locker room right now? No, illicitly? I am not. That let's um, let's. We can stop the surmising at that stage. No. All right. Very good. All right. So we got a lot to get to today. Uh, like we said, we have the listeners uh, live streaming and we're going to be connecting with them. We're going to get some fearless predictions in. We're going to check in on the injury watch ahead of uh, Sunday and Monday's action. Uh, we have a new edition of It's About Me. But before that, yes, let's tie a bow on the first game of week eight Thursday night football. Five to ten. Jackson takes the snap. Fakes the handoff. Drifting backwards. Running to the right. Fires back at the end zone. Caught! Isaiah Likely! Touchdown Ravens! 
His first NFL touchdown gives the Ravens their first lead of the night. Mm, and it was a lead they would hold on to for the duration of the contest. A 27-22 win for the Ravens over the Buccaneers in Tampa. A very nice win for Baltimore in their topsy-turvy season. And another dispiriting loss for Tom Brady's team. 12 hours before it was announced that his marriage with Giselle is over. Um, Lamar Jackson threw for 238 yards and two second-half touchdowns. You saw one of them to Isaiah Likely. Uh, This is Baltimore's uh, first winning streak of the season. If you count two games, Patrick is a winning streak. I count it as momentum, baby. Uh, Clayvon, (laughs) you uh, are the number one Lamar stan, so you must have enjoyed the second half, considering he doesn't have a lot to work with. Yeah, that's the problem. It was it was the quintessential but at what cost Thursday night football win. Uh, but you can see when things are up front, uh, good, Ronnie Stanley's back. When they have that going, that version of Lamar can show up. And no matter what's what's going on, if it's Isaiah Likely, if it's Devin DuVernay, if it's uh, Demarcus Robinson looking like a wide receiver one, uh, Lamar can get it done as long as things are, are solid up front. It's just for the long term. Uh, you hope that Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews are there because you, you can beat a Bucks team that's floundering and Tom's throwing bounce passes uh, without those guys. Mm. But when you start talking January, when you start talking Chiefs and Bills, uh, that's when you really need those guys. But hey, to see them not melt down, because uh, this is honestly, because we say it all the time, a team could be undefeated. This team could literally uh, be undefeated with, without catastrophic fourth uh, quarter errors. And they didn't make them for the second game in a row. Well, they kind of made them against the Browns, but uh, none today, none yesterday. So, hey, wins a win. They, they've been up by 10 points at some point in all eight of their games, which is outrageous. Like the other list of teams in NFL history who have done that have all been close to undefeated or are these great teams. And the, the Ravens aren't one of these great teams, uh, but they are a great running team now. 204 yards in the second half. It was bizarre that they passed it 30 times with seven runs in the first half. If only because they've run the ball so well over the last two to three weeks after we started the season saying, where's the running game outside Lamar? It's been there. Their offensive line, you mentioned it since Stanley's been back, has been great. And then, yeah, you lose Andrews. Supposedly, he said to reporters, it's nothing serious. Bateman's a foot injury. That's a bigger concern. I think they should trade for someone. But the fact that when Lamar's missing all his weapons and then you look on the other side, and uh, there was all this talk early in the year how Tom Brady doesn't have any of his guys. Well, they, they were all there last night. You know, Godwin's there. Evans is there. Julio Jones is back. Uh, you know, I know they they had a couple offensive line injuries. Oh, by the way, so did Baltimore. It was the offenses for this game that was the difference. And the Ravens' offense is a great running offense. And Lamar was 8 for 8 for 94 yards and two touchdowns in the second half. So the running game kind of set up his passing game. And that that's what you want when you're the Ravens. I mean, this Bucks team, it's not just their offense that's it's become unwatchable. I, their stamp was meant to be their defense uh, all along. And it's it's a second week in a row where the injuries in the secondary, I think, contributed to what Baltimore was able to do in the second half because the Panthers did it a week ago. And when there, uh, the Ravens mystified me with how they came out in this game with, with you mentioned it, Greg, like a 32 to 7 pass to run ratio in the first half. Then I loved what they did in the second half. And it, we keep talking about who can be this next team in the AFC. Can it be the Bengals? Well, they're, they got some issues right now with injuries. But the Ravens, to me, if they can run the ball this way on teams, and I, you want to see it game after game, um, that's the dominant nature of who they've been in the past. And I loved the way that they attacked the, the, the Bucks last night, who simply cannot tackle anyone right now. I mean, their I, defense is a mess. I, I think we talked about it on the Thursday preview show. It's time to see some teams graduate 
from good to very good or even great. I think Baltimore stands as that's a possibility. I would like to see them get some help uh, for Lamar in the passing game at the trade trade line. We'll know by uh, uh, Tuesday if they do. I thought uh, Baltimore scoring on four straight possessions in the second half was just imposing their will. And yes, using that running game, 200 yards in the second half. Um, And then on the defensive side for Tampa Bay, like you're saying, that's their fourth consecutive game without forcing a turnover. I mean, that's that that's not sustainable. You need to when your offense is struggling the way it is, you need your defense to come up with big plays, create short fields. That's not happening. This has been a team wide kind of meltdown as they have gone from two and oh to losing four out of five. And we've talked about Greg um, Devin White, and he's one of these veterans in Tampa that needs to step up. And that was a slaughter reel. Um, in terms of tape that he put out there in that game to the point that the TNF uh, crew highlighted it uh, right down to Todd Bowles, like giving him a, a WTF talk on the sideline. Like what is going out there, going on out there, dude? Yeah. Week after week, teams are picking on Devin White. I think it shows the difference between like the awards that you somehow sometimes send out from the NFL because he won NFC Defensive Player of the Month in September. He had a better month in September, but he was getting picked on in coverage then too. And it's just like teams take advantage of his aggressiveness. Not like he's their biggest problem, but he is a problem. Still though, I I still put it way more on the offense. Tom Brady... Didn't look right. Like the the most telling three-play sequence to me of the entire game is after he hit Mike Evans with one of his best passes. And that's the thing that fools you. He has a lot of great passes, really great passes in that game. The one at the end to Julio that got overturned was insanely good. But the after he has the 51-yarder to Evans when they were down 11, the three-play sequence after that, he misses Kyle Rudolph who is open for a touchdown, and he pats his chest. Next play, he throws a near interception Uh, to Mike Evans, one of the seemingly 15 miscommunications to Mike Evans over the last two weeks. And Mike Evans, after that play, pats his chest. They line up for a fourth and three, and then they have an offensive penalty before the snap, which they've had a lot this season. And then uh, Todd Bowles chooses to kick a field goal on fourth and eight. And like those four things in a row have been all happening so much. The, The field goal decision killed me. By the way, they had a touchdown on fourth and eight uh, at, on the goal line later in the game. So it's it's possible to do Todd Bowles, be a little more aggressive. You just got to try to win it. But it's the offense is just so sloppy. And it's Godwin, Brady, and Evans a lot of the time. It's not just these other secondary players. What's well, also, I think, the penalties. I mean, they're just an undisciplined team. And it's such a different looking Bucks squad on that front than the last couple of years. I, I keep bringing this up. I know like it's I'm not going to go into it again. But I, I just think that the Todd Bowles experience has been a tick down from Bruce Arians. It just has. I don't know. This is a there's some coaching elements to this. And there's also some personnel issues because they lose Shaq Barrett uh, last night. So that's not going to get any better. And there was one point in the game, Kirk Herbstreit said it was a misread. I, I honestly think Lamar just saw Joe Tryon Sharinka there as the one defender and decided to keep the ball and proceeded to have a 25 yard run because of that. And then you look later in the game and he's on the bench uh, just watching from the side I mean, because there's there's personnel. It's bad top to bottom right now in Tampa. And, and you mentioned the greatest Shaq Barrett. He's- ever. He's out the rest of the season now. Yeah. They they reported yeah. an Achilles tendon tear, and that's a very thin position, as Patrick just pointed out for them. They have we... one, little, one little thing from this game they talked about afterwards, and I think Tom Brady obviously going through a lot um, on multiple fronts, but that he just sort of sat at his locker in silence and talking to really no one other than Blaine Gabbert quietly, 
and totally dejected. He's never been anywhere like this in his career. And there's one other moment when they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl, when I really think he was injured in that game, where he sat at his locker so dejected, slowly peeling one sock after the next. And it's like he took those losses hard. But I think where he is right now is completely uncharted territory for Tom Brady. It's um, remarkably public how this is played out. And I guess that's not a total surprise because they're two of the most famous people in the world. But even by the standards of Hollywood type gossip and public marriages um, failing, the fact that it's all been kind of like right at the surface, we don't know any other underlying issues, but the fact that Brady retires six weeks later, he comes out of retirement. Immediately you hear that Giselle's not happy about it. And then by Halloween, their marriage is over. And that statement goes out the the morning after uh, he loses for the third time in the row in a row for the first time since what? 2002 or whatever it is. Um, and it's just been I can't even imagine how difficult this has been for Brady. And you wonder where his, his head at that. That's all fair to wonder. And, you know, you just kind of feel for the guy who seems like he's gotten so much in his life that's gone his way. This feels like some type of uh, karmic retribution that he's dealing with. He's probably like, how did it get to this? Uh, so that's a major subplot around this team, too. Like it can't, you can't you, you don't want to play up the gossip side, Claybon, but it's like. This is playing out with the most important player of the team, and it it, it cannot be helping in terms of uh, his preparation and his focus. No, it, it definitely doesn't help. But I, I do think because we can look back at Tom's life, he's he's been through a separation before, right? And and we very rarely do the math on how it impacts people on the field when things are going well. Uh, but we tend to do that when things aren't going well. And there's any number because all of these guys are human. Um, and there's any number of scenarios. Dawson Knox is. Uh, brother passing away a couple of days before he's trying to play a football game. People are always going through things and it, it's tough to to ask uh, what impact it's having. Uh, but I, I think essentially Tom Brady's done this before. Tom Brady's played football his entire life. The one thing Tom Brady has not done is not play football. And I think that's the thing that's probably more difficult for him to deal with because he's dealt with breakups. He's dealt with losses, but probably the specter of not playing the game anymore I, I think that's more of an issue because it's tough for me because I'm not in a relationship. I, I don't the, the fascination with celebrity relationships is difficult for me because any relationship that I'm not involved in, I don't necessarily have context for or or know why. I, I do think I doubt that any issue that developed in 2022 uh, is ending a 13 year relationship. <laughs> I think there's probably other things uh, that go into that, uh, but that's well, that's just speculation for me. It, and someone in the comments is saying, I'm letting him off the hook. I'm just being blind about how the way he's playing because I mentioned how he has made really great throws throughout this the course of the season. But the reason I mentioned that was because how that contrasts to how he's playing otherwise. Last night was, I think, his worst game of the season one of the worst games I've seen out of him in a long time, missing open guys, not on the same page. This has obviously been his worst season along with, you know, 2018, the last or 2019, the last Patriots. Season. He's not playing well. And I think last night was the, the worst that he's played. He was, was very lucky not to have a few interceptions and he's 45 years old. He's out there like outside the pocket, trying to make plays it, like not, none of it is good on the field either for him right now. All right, let's check in uh, with the listeners on the stream for the first time. What do you got? Grave Digger. Grave Digger. 
three, three. NFC South. Remember when it was great and three ta- teams went through to the playoffs. What has gone wrong? Well, let's let's go through them quickly one by one. Uh, the Bucks. We just got into that. Uh, the Saints. We talked about that through the summer that they could potentially be very good this year or potentially bad and they're leaning that way the Panthers we knew was a dicey proposition from the start and I feel the same way about Atlanta so yeah I think really the the destabilizing force in the division is Tampa's funk like yeah. for me anyway that's the only team I felt really confident about as a 10 to 12 win team so to see them struggle like this uh that's that's to me what really stands out well think about three of the four teams have a head coach they didn't have a year ago. And I mean, with the Steve Wilkes situation, maybe that's a plus. Uh, but it isn't a plus with Sean Payton. It's not a plus so far in Tampa Bay at all. Right. The all right. Saints fans have to be wondering, like, this is the year that bu- the Bucks fell apart? Because they're supposed to be all in. They're pushing everything into the future so that they can sneak out a couple extra playoff spots. And now they fell apart uh, as the Bucks do, too. All right, what and else and we honestly, got? like pushing, the, that was the statement. And that was the statement to me when I was down there. But then they... I, they, they trade CJGJ to a contender. And yeah, it's just like the, the Bears trading Robert Quinn to that same contender. And it's it's like, what's going on? It, I mean, there were, and there were whispers that that was a Dennis Allen type thing. That, that had Peyton been there, I don't think he gets traded. Yeah. Yeah. I really right. don't. What else we got? Mm. What's Greg's favorite Beastie Boiler? Ooh, that's a, this is going to take a second. That's a bizarre. I don't have one. I that's mean, a real um, question. That's a I'm not, question. I actually anyway. am not a particular big Beastie Boys fan. I don't, uh, not that I'm not a fan. Am I but. celebrating the 25th anniversary of Deftones Around the Fur album? This is These are the questions we have so far today. Let's get back to at least people being concerned about Mark in right? a boy's locker room or prison or something. Right. I, Gravedigger is smoking tree over there. What's I going know, because I'm okay, seeing great <laughs> questions over here on the we're side. California, it's we're really throwing Gravedigger under the bus. I've never listened to a Deftones song in my life. But, uh, Patriots, Ooh. which teams are you willing to stick a, Nitty gritty. a fork in? That's the an interesting Texans. question. I'm wondering if... Uh, How about the team of ATL? Mm. Yeah, you know, this is a I weird season it. to do it. Uh, to it, It's way too... The fact that the NFC South could have the Panthers leading it by uh, Sunday night tells you everything you need to know about the state of the NFL. This is not a good stick of fork season. Texans. Texans is the one team I'm willing to stick a fork in. All right. <laughs> Michael Morgan. Mark, you shouldn't say smoking tree while detained. That That's yeah. true. That's You have yeah, to be on... That is top legal. behavior. That is a legal um, activity in, in the state where I am right now and you. Vice, how many games do the Giants have to win to stop being overlooked as a playoff team? Ask Greg. Oh, I think they'll be a playoff team because they're six and one. I, I, I think they're making the playoffs. So if, if you're saying that we, our opinion is they won't make the playoffs, <laughs> you're wrong. I think uh, I believe they'll make the playoffs. I believe Mark and Dan believe they'll make the playoffs. I do. Also, uh, our opinion doesn't impact their ability to make the playoffs whatsoever. There, there's a set form already established. They also uh, could go four and, what, five or four and six the rest of the way and make the playoffs. So they're they're going to make it, I think. Uh, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it, Greg, to see them really crater? <laughs> wouldn't you love it? Johnny Bevan, who's gone first, Byron Leftwich or Nathaniel Hackett? Uh, Leftwich, I guess, is a natural fall guy in Tampa, but I don't see it. I think Hackett, as for the reasons we've described, all the things going on up in Denver, new ownership included, is going to be very vulnerable if they don't get the train back on the tracks before December. Brady Brady wanted Leftwich. You know, there were the reports that he essentially got Bruce Arians fired because him and Leftwich, you know, work so well together. That's part of it. It's going great. All right, let's uh, take a break there and hit the horns. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. It's about me. It's about me. Me. Uh, we're going to know, uh, Jets fans, Sunday, October 30th, 2022 is D-Day for the Zach Wilson experiment in the Meadowlands. Uh, over the past three years, GM Joe Douglas has meticulously uh, rebooted this roster and built it into Something interesting. They've gone from laughing stock punching bag to a 5-2 and two team that is frisky. Uh, and with a strong young core in place, the Jets can't wait another year after this to see if Zach Wilson can play. If he, if he bottoms out or he doesn't show mass improvement, uh, they will be in the market uh, come next offseason, most likely via trade, I would guess, for a veteran quarterback. And he's 4-0, Wilson. It should be stated in his starts this year, but... His play has been uneven. He's been bad for two weeks. And this game, this game on Sunday has a massive 
incredible amount of importance to the franchise. Here's an example, which is very funny, and I love these type of stories. Uh, Robert Sala announced this morning that the Jets will set off fireworks one hour before the game as a signal for every fan to get into the building by kickoff. Sala said that the team estimated, and this is awesome, 30% of paying customers were not in their seats in time to see Sauce Gardner's sack safety that kicked off a win over the Dolphins. The goal is that the fireworks show will get Jets fans out of the parking lot uh, for their tailgating and into MetLife Stadium, which is kind of cute, I have to say. Um, only dads uh, born before 1960 like fireworks and kids, so I don't know if it's going to get in a mass amount of um, like fans into, but it's a signal, and it's fun. The parking lot's fun at the Meadowlands, so I understand that. Uh, it's sometimes it's hard to you know wrap things up and get in there, but I know what the Jets are saying. I know what Salah's message is here. It's like this. He's saying it too. This game is so important against the Patriots. It's a chance to really make a statement. And Zach Wilson, especially in light of the loss of Brees Hall, so much is on his shoulders to show that he can make big plays and maybe carry a team to a win. And if he does, watch how much rope it earns him with the fans, uh, the organization. And all the uh, players and coaches that are pissed about 54-13 last year uh, for New England. So, we can't have him bomb out. We can't have him throw for 150 yards and have like five of those plays where he's under pressure and he does seven spins in a pirouette and has a panic (laughs) throw out of bounds. We need to move on from that version of Zach Wilson. Um, If he fails, if the Patriots celebrate in that building on Sunday... It will be remembered, mark my words, as the beginning of the end for Zach Mm. Wilson with the Jets. I've seen this movie before. What's new is that the Jets have a young, dynamic core all on rookie contracts. Wilson needs to start being the guy now, or it's probably never. Let's go, Zach. Maybe, maybe. Probably not. Dan holding up his Zach Wilson is good shirt. Now, are you suggesting if they lose and he plays poorly that you would be starting to think about bringing another quarterback in right now to while this uh, season's still I in would a good this spot? Game, just this one game, Dan, this determines? This will determine whether or not Wilson's the quarterback next year, yes. Do you because think Joe Douglas ha- shares your uh, timeline here? Yes. Wow. I, I, Even if I people do. don't want to admit it, this game is everything's been building up to this moment for Zach Wilson and the Jets. Zach Wilson needs to show he's worthy <laughs> to be the future of this franchise. If he bombs in this game, the season will start to go downhill. Mark my words, and they will start over at quarterback. If if he uh, if he struggles in this game, I don't think we're that far away from a legitimate conversation of like, should we play Mike White or Flacco? Because this is a a playoff team and he'll need to do more than play well in one game to me, you know, to prove it, at least to me that he's, he's kind of going to be the guy moving forward. But, but what it's this not one just would like, help for sure. It's not like if he plays well in this game, then he has a free pass forever. I think uh, playing really well in this game could really build up some momentum. Ah, there it is. Uh, that the the team can then run with and he could have some confidence uh, moving forward. I think he, he'll lose a lot of people with a bad performance, especially the fan base. He's going to lose the fan base if he bombs against the Patriots. I will say, Dan, I'm a little like what makes me a little sad about this Jets season for you 
is that if we knew in August they'd be five and two, um, I wouldn't predict that you'd have this like constant drumbeat of ominous undertones every time you seem to discuss the team. I mean, they're five and two in a bad NFL. Uh, I think there's a chance they go to the playoffs and win a yeah, playoff game. I understand game. that. But you know what? This If it seems like I'm being negative this week, first of all, yes, those the injuries were crushing earlier this week. So I had to process that. Um, but the everyone knows like it's about the QB in the league. And the Jets can definitely make strides this year. But if Wilson plateaus or gets worse from where he is now, they're still far, far away with no obvious solution. They they still kind of need him to develop, uh, to become seen as maybe a, a true contender in the AFC. So as as positive as, as the steps are right now, there's still a lot that needs to be done and so much at the quarterback position. So, yes, I think uh, I think any Jet fan, if you ask them that are honest about this, there's apprehension right now. Still, five and two has been great. But for the things we talked about, they've beaten a lot of backup quarterbacks. Wilson has not been good overall. Uh, there's still reason to not be all in and, and just acting like the Jets are some type of great team. Now, we're not there yet. If That's I could all. make one case for positivity, uh, because yes. I, I feel like, Dan, not just you, but an entire planet of people who have an affinity for this football team have been through a lot. And history has told them there's a lot of reasons to be sad. And I am marking your words. And just like I marked them after the receipts newser from Robert Sala. Right. And a lot was placed on that next game. Right. If we turn the clock back, you might have been ready to dump the the franchise as it's currently structured if things didn't go right in the few games after that i i think five and two is an okay place to be i I think uh justin fields had a rough start to the season zach wilson's coming back off of knee surgery his season hasn't gotten to the point right where he could maybe start making the improvements that fields has made in the past few weeks if it goes wrong i'm just saying dan maybe it's not the end Maybe Zach Wilson's okay. That that's all I'm saying. Maybe he's fine. You're entitled to that opinion, Patrick. It's just that <laughs> you, I mean, if you follow the Jets as closely as I have over the years, you'll understand there's a bit a bit of fatalism that's built in, and this is a part of the <laughs> fan experience. Uh, so. You're using some cold-blooded logic, if you will. But I'm telling you, this is the fan experience, and some of those things don't intersect necessarily. And I am positive, and I I do think they're going to win, and I hope they're going to win. But also, there's a protection element that's built into this as well. That's just – it is what it is. Um, Now I'm going to root for the Jets, like, out of – for your mo- emotional stability. I like am I'm, too. <laughs> I, I, it, it sucks being a fan. I got to be honest with you. It's just tough. It's like, yeah, you're right. Five and two is an incredible place to be, all things considered. But you're just kind of always waiting as a fan mm. of this team for the other shoe to drop. So prove me wrong. Prove me it's a whole new world now. And we shall see. All right. It does remind me of that um, Brown season when they had, they had Kyle Shanahan as offensive coordinator under Mike Pett, and They started seven and three and then never won another game. And you're just watching a car slowly spin off a cliff into the abyss. And were you were you highly invested in that team and it made it hurt even more after the seven and three start when they spun you know, out? You know what honestly got got me to believe was an article that Wes wrote. Um, an incredible back in the ATN days when you just could write about whatever you wanted. Uh, and it, he wrote this study on Brian Hoyer on how he was being used in Shanahan's system. And it's like the Shanahan we know now, how, what he does with every quarterback, but it was working with Brian Hoyer. I didn't think he was the future at quarterback. But it was like, I'm riding this train, but then the train hit a, wall, like a brick wall, mm. a brick wall behind me. <laughs> 
Those are cinder blocks. I think that that's to keep the prisoners. I'm not making from, sure it's a real wall. The sledgehammers don't uh, work <laughs> in a, a wall that is built that thick. Uh, let's check back in with the listeners before we uh, get into the uh, week eight injury minute. Shout out to Greg uh, Sagamoto, who says uh, this is the best week in recent ATN history. Thank you for your work, everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. I think that might be giving some pop to uh, the first episode, the first of many of This Guy Gets It, which really was a breakthrough moment in the history of the podcast. I think that really set us apart, I'd say. I, I feel like, you know, I think people that are not paying attention to that series, I would go and download it right now. Uh, because that's how you just get smarter is uh, listening to this guy gets it. Uh, what any any questions here? Um, Justin uh, MB wonders Mark is podcasting from the corner of the bathroom in a public park. <laughs> Good Wi-Fi. Hey. This is re- this is really begging our audio listeners to, to at how least how many check, houses check it can Greg trick or treat at before they realize he's a father? <laughs> oh, Andrew Goulet. Andrew, I have wow. one before they realize he's yours. That's that's probably the... <laughs> uh, what else we got. Any by the way, anybody um, like dressing up for the, with the kids and going trick or treating? Like, a, what's your what's the play there? I think that's I always like my to. plan. That yeah. I lo- it's my one of my favorite nights of the year, and I'm working Monday night uh, for uh, the Channel Five coverage of Monday Night Football. And I'm pretty heartbroken because I think it might be Alice's last Halloween that she wants to go with her parents. I don't know. She's in fifth grade. At some point. She might not want to, but at this, but I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm sad. That's a bummer, dude. Yeah. What can we do about that? It's a sad story. On a scale (laughs) for a a scale of, (laughs) seriously, if Adam Gates, the Jim Bob More like the Friday Dud show. (laughs) How much is Joe Lombardi holding back Justin Herbert? What an incredible scale. (laughs) From Gates to Cooter. (laughs) Wait, so Cooter is the top of the scale of helping someone? I like that. I like that. Um, is he? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't quite know. get the, that end of the spectrum. I like, this, yeah, Jim this Bob scale Cooter is on the lower moments. end of the spectrum. Yeah, okay, Jim Bob Cooter had moments. I think Joe Lombardi is holding back Justin Herbert, but I do think like him not wanting to get hit and the fact that Keenan Allen's been out and the fact that they were already ex- incredibly thin at wide receiver before Allen and Guyton got hurt uh, is part of it, but I do think they need a new offensive coordinator and they'll get one. All right, now it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for the Greg Rosenthal, get that branding in, baby, week eight injury minute presented by Acrisure, horse glue for horseshoes. Go ahead. (laughs) Chuba Hubbard uh, is not going to play this week after that nice uh, outing a week ago. Zeke is going to be out. We don't know that for sure, but he's expected to miss this week's game. James Conner returning for the Cardinals, most likely after some limited practice. Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift both trending towards playing. Russell Wilson not even on the injury report after being limited in practice. Uh, So he's starting in London. Darren Waller might be returning. He's been practicing. Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas still out. No, they're still out. They're, They're not expected to return. Ryan Tannehill trending towards a return. He was limited. Alan Lazard might miss a game this week, which would be bad. Jahan Dotson is out once again. Uh, Nico Collins uh, is going to probably miss this game, which helps out your guys' lock against the Texans. And then finally, and most sadly, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this for a minute, is uh, Jamar Chase is expected to miss four to six weeks, uh, originally reported by Adam Schefter. Uh, with a hip injury that is devastating and i've heard from multiple bengals fans namely nick wesseling and uh especially spice rack who are 
who, who were like you after the Jets injuries, Dan, and maybe to even another degree because they're, they're worried about Jamar Chase's future like as a football player. It's, it's sad. What is, the, what is it? Is it a fracture of the hip? It's a is hip. It? We don't know, but whenever you hear hip, it's very in that it's very vague. It's, con, it's very concerning. Yeah, well, I would mention that Paul Denner, like friend of the show, mentioned it was a hip flexor strain that it probably wouldn't require surgery, at least, that they think time can help heal. But any, we've always said this, anything with a hip, you're deeply concerned. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a bummer. The, the upside would be that, well, there is no upside, but uh, you have Ty Boyd, who really stepped up and had a huge game last week against Atlanta. He'll have a bigger role. T. Higgins elevates. He's their number one receiver. And Hayden Hurst, I think, if, if you a little fantasy nug out there, he feels like a guy who could have an even bigger role in this offense now because Burrow's going to keep throwing. I don't expect them to change their offense entirely. I think it might change some things about what they do because I think they were all ready to just go all-out aerial assault as long as this heat streak lasted. It will be interesting to see how – uh, Zach Taylor pivots, if at all, uh, with Jamar Chase on the sideline. Hopefully it's not serious. Um, I understand why Cincinnati fans would feel that way because th- this guy is special. It was earlier in that game after he had scored his uh, second touchdown where after a play ended, he did that thing, which I can't even imagine what it would be like to do it, where you're flat on your back and then you use like your core uh, to like flip yourself back up from flat on your back. And it was it's like, easy, it's, it's he easy was just to do. He was just being braggy in his elite athleticism. Um, and then you see him limping off the field at the end of the second quarter. Uh, Mark's just, cellmate it, does that to start every morning. It's not, it's not a hard thing. It just, you just got to <laughs> practice it a few times. You'll be, it's second nature. Mark just wants to get some sleep. But at, at 5 a.m. every morning, his cellmate does 1,000 pull-ups. <laughs> and he's very loud and smelly. Uh, all right. Time hmm. for Fearless Predictions. How did we do last week, Graver? What's up? Not good. Last uh, week was a solid uh, 0 for 5 week oh, for, the, for the group. Mark had two that he missed on, including a wide-ranging power outage occurs at one stadium and a mishap involving a player with the team bus. Don't think either of those things happened. Uh, okay. Dan, you said Rachel would announce her Jets fandom on Benched with Benetta. She did no such thing. She did pick the Jets. <laughs> But I mean, I tr- I've tried to help Rachel. Like, enjoy your Chargers fandom. That sounds exciting. Oh yeah, you're you're having a blast <laughs> right now. Yeah, right exactly. now, as a Jets fan. <laughs> Dan, you're really selling the Jets. Just struggling your way through five and two. <laughs> uh, Greg said that Belichick would do something inspired by George Hallis during a Pats win over the Bears. E, that did not come to fruition. And Rachel said that Week Seven would be one of the most exciting weekends of the 2022 season. Which, like, how do you? I don't even know how to judge that, so I'm just going to give it a an X for being wrong. So, Wait, so we're six and a half for 28 on the season, and yet you guys wouldn't give it to me when I said Cooper Rush would have two interceptions and he actually had three. You yeah, should be three. giving it to me just for the brand to have a little higher number here. No, yeah, you didn't get that. You didn't no, get we, no, you, you didn't get it. It's a team Sorry. sport. No, you just didn't get it. You just didn't get it. Mark, you get it. This guy gets it. Check out the latest episode <laughs> amongst the other uh, offerings on our feed this week. Yeah. Uh, what's your fearless prediction, Mark, for week eight? Okay. Uh, I know that, you know, offense has been uh, in the doldrums around the league, but we're going to get three 40 burgers this weekend. Okay. Um, or I'm including Monday night with that. Um, and that is part A of my prediction. Part B is that a referee faints 
um, in one of these games. A referee just flat out faints. Oh, and, God. you know, that, that doesn't mean you could have a fainting spell because of heat and you're fine five minutes later. I don't predict anything worse would happen. But, you know, a, a, a human man just faints um, in zebra clothing. I can't wait, Mark, until a, uh, a zebra official um, faints in one of these games. And then when we find out who it is, it's like the sideline official, not technically the referee. And then we can't give it to you. Mm. No, it's any official. It's not the referee. But you said referee. Referee's different. Well, any official. Like, I mean, uh, it's already, gonna, I already I, saw My it. prediction saw will text. be Mark <laughs> predicts harm on a human being involved in the NFL this weekend. I think fainting can be a bodily defense against um, certain things. It could be a good thing. And then maybe you wake up with a new perspective. Uh, how about you, Greggy? Well, now I feel bad after all this Jets talk. But I'm going to say my prediction is that Mac Jones comes out. And as determined by a panel of this guy gets it, or rather a Friday Fun Show uh, co-host next week, uh, we determined that he played pretty good in a Patriots win. So they have to win, or pretty well, in a Patriots win. And I'm going to just trust your guys' um, judgment well. and, and honesty next week that he has to have played pretty well in a win, and we'll have that vote next week at this time. There you go, hanging those shallots again. <laughs> I mean, they got to win, and he's got to play well. That's give us something. some data. Let's give us some things. numbers. Give us three scores, or you know. So we don't. You don't need us to be the arbiter. Actually, no. I, thought I like that. That would be fun. I yeah, never mind. You know, never mind. It is a uh, fun Patrick. show. Um, so in their three-game, in their most recent three-game win streak, the Giants have scored greater than twenty-one points. Uh, the Seahawks' defense has not been that great season long. I think they're playing better. I do not think the Giants will score twenty-one points in Seattle on Sunday. Okay. Less wow, than like 21 that. points in Seattle. I'm feeling that. I picked up Seattle's defense. I locked my them fantasy up. league. Um, mine will be, you know, you saw the uh, Emmanuel Acho madness, uh, the, his no, hot take that no, went I viral. I, I, don't, I yeah. don't pay attention to him in any capacity. But All right, don't. <laughs> I'm assuming don't. it sucks. But there's this like... <laughs> Humble brag. Wow. I don't know. I don't well, know with that in mind, um, no, uh, you know, there, you have the two anon situation going on. He sucked into the two anon. He had this long monologue, or not long, but detailed. Well, not really a lot of details, but he said that <laughs> two is better than Justin Herbert, and the fact that he has more wins backs it up, and all this other stuff. Um, here's the annoying thing: maybe he was looking ahead at the schedule because he's got the Lions to uh, on Sunday. And this Tua Herbert debate, which is annoying to everybody, um, it's not going to get any more pleasant because Tua is going to have a big day against the Lions. Three-plus scores. He'll go over 300 yards, and uh, the Dolphins roll. So if you are annoyed by what uh, Brandon Staley uh, has done to Justin Herbert this season or what bad ribs have done to Justin Herbert this season, and you're annoyed with people saying that Tua is better than Herbert, it's not going to get better after this week. Tua mm. has a big game. Dolphins roll against the Lions. Okay, so you say three it has to be three scores, three and plus. the debate has to intensify. You just got on me for having vague uh, goals here. Yeah, well, How three we plus debate? scores, so at least three scores, and okay. uh, put them over 300 yards passing, and they defeat the Lions. That is and we clear. get a, we get a sense of a tipping point with that debate. I think we could we can judge that. If yeah, we're no, I think it's just. Week. I'm just saying it's going to be more fuel for the achos of the world, uh, not something we need to measure per se. Okay, 
And we can always put their fire out for, in our personal spheres by blocking them, uh, not watching any of their programming, and just uh, letting them toil on in futility while listening to people who have valid oh. things to say. Claybot dropping the hammer from his daughter's bedroom. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I don't know where you are right now. No, I mean, there's uh, only three rooms in the house, but yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you to everybody for uh, watching and listening and following all our content. We know we've sent a lot your way the last couple of weeks, uh, but we're having fun and, and glad that you're along for the journey on to week eight. And remember what you got to do. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.